This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. The- Welcome back, everybody, for the second hour of In the Locker Room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, I will say this, and Max, this is uh, something that um, is going to be big this weekend. You know, going into Paul Brown Stadium, um, you know, you look at a Joe Mixon and you you see a guy that he's got power, he's got speed, he's got cutback ability. And one of the things that they did do, as we were talking about before, was bring in Isaiah Prince, big offensive lineman, overload one side, create leverage, and then run to the weak side with with cutbacks or the counter trap. Um, this is going to take both linebackers running sideline to sideline, and one of the guys that's going to be needed so badly to step up is going to be Devin Bush. Yeah, Devin has to – it has to click. And I, I know as an analyst, as a former player, and as a guy who's been in that position where – you have to have your own personal mental trust in the process. Um, you can't rush that because there is no s- specific timeline that says, you know what? Boom. This is the moment where it's all going to click together. You can't do that. No. There's no way to manifest that. But at the same time, I think if <clears throat> the awareness has to be there to where I say, you know what? I know I don't trust this knee in this moment. I know I don't, but if I'm doing everything else right, I'm in the right position schematically based off of what the offense is showing me. I would rather be a step slow because of confidence and speed instead of because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, whereas a lot of players, especially when they're young, they have that, you know, that, that what I call OS and you can fill in the S on that. The O is OH. Right. I can go make this up with speed, right? You have that OS speed. Right. I think when you don't have that speed, now you need to be more locked in technically and schematically as far as understanding the entire defense, especially at the middle backer position, right? Exactly. You're the guy in the middle of the field that has to know. You're you're that general. You're that disseminator of knowledge. So it's like, okay, I know what area I need to be in. I might be a step over here or a step over there, but I need to know the general area to try and make up for it. I can't be lost and not have the, and not have that confidence as well. You have to be one or the other. You can't be both now. And I think that's where Devin Bush is at, where I've got to know this cold. I've got to be on top of this, even if I can't physically make up the speed like I used to because of that trust in myself mentally. But I need to make sure that I'm in place by defense. I can't vacate a gap trying to make a play thinking I am fast enough when I know I'm not mm-hmm. and trying to manufacture it and then build from there. So I think for Devin, it's, it's going to be that refinement because we haven't seen that blowback and that pop. We see it at moments. We see a snapshot. I don't know what happens on the sidelines. Sometimes he gets chewed out. Sometimes he's not that it clicks, and I have to go out and make that play, but then you kind of regress back, right, because it's not muscle memory. Um, and I think that's where you're kind of struggling. But we've got to have a big game out of him, um, you know, and Joe Schobert in this game because you've got Joe Mixon. You've got C.J. Uzama. 
that are going to be stressing you at the linebacker position on a play-to-play basis. And so I think, yes, C.J. Ozama, we haven't heard much about him and the Bengals' success as of late. But he was a guy, when we played against him, he had a pretty good game against us. And guess what? That That's the linebacker's responsibility. Linebackers have those guys because they're within the middle construct of the offense. They're attached to an offensive lineman or they're in the backfield, and they're the guys generally manning between the hashes when it comes to the pass game. But also in the run game, they're the ones responsible for creating those lanes um, to be able to hook the edges. So you've got to be on top of them, and you've got to have your rush fill responsibilities in check. Well, you know, it's such an important position. It's just like you said. You know, uh, you got Devin, first of all, he's at that confluence point, right? you got to know the front end. you got to know the back end. And you've got to be well-versed in both and it, so that it flows naturally so that you can play fast. Now, I, it's funny because you got Potsy there. One of the funniest stories I remember, Super Bowl Forty in Detroit, when uh, we were down there on a Friday, Tunch and I were watching a little film before the game. So, you know, we're in Detroit. You know, the Steelers' offices are wherever they were, you know, and we go in there and we're watching. And all of a sudden we see uh, uh, Butsy, right? And Butsy's like, Totally aggravated, you know, and he's a pretty cool dude, but he's like just totally aggravated. And we're like, oh, Potsy, what's the matter? He goes, I can't believe we're like uh, 48 hours from kickoff and Potsy misses three checks. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, he's like scratching his head and like, oh, I don't know. And, you know, we're going, well, that's it. You know, okay. okay. All right. Well, you, you know, you got to make sure you get those and, 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 you know, but calm down with it. But that's just how technical it is. It's an important area. Potsy would, you know, would, would verify that. I absolutely. The thing about it is, you know, when you listen to Butsy, uh, Keith Butler, that is, talk about Devin, you know, he, he gives a little clues as to, you know, it, it, it might be the knee, not, not being confident in the knee. It might be not being absolutely sure of your responsibilities. And the other thing about it that when you watch him on tape, and it, maybe it's a result of the first two, Tracking the ball does not seem to be something right now that he's very good at. You know what I mean? Um, and the last thing yeah. I'd say is, and, I, and I, I'm not down on the kid, though. I mean, I think this kid has got some some unbelievable athletic physical attributes that, you know, you've got to muster together and get together. Um, but the, you know how it is. When you start to doubt a little bit and that, that kernel of doubt becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're you're unsure about yourself – that's what I want to guard against with him because young players, that confidence is so big with the young guys, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, thought poison is the most is the most. Oh, that's uh, a good word for it. Yeah, thought poison is the is the worst substance you can have uh, in your in your body. It's that toxin that can just infest everything, and that that's where you're like, like I said, I, I'm I'm not going to do that. I, I'm I'm a year away, you know, from actually making my definitive decision about how I feel about Devin Bush. Right. So I try and stay as objective as possible with based off of here's what you did. Here's what you were supposed to do. What happened in between that, that either allowed it or disallowed it from being a a reality. That's where I'm at. I'm still in that, you know, I'm still in the research phase of that because I think you also have to give him time because there are extenuating circumstances. Exactly. It's not like, Oh man, you know, I, I kind of twisted my knee or had a bad ankle sprain, you know. No, this this kid 
was injured, was lost for a year. And, you know, he was explosive and ridiculous covering sideline to sideline before that injury. And, you know, and this is something we, we you always talk about, you know, amongst players. Like, how long does it take to recover from a knee injury based on your position? Offensive linemen, yes. Can you play within eight months of a significant knee injury? Absolutely. I did it. I get it. But when did I actually trust that knee? Oh, yeah. That takes a while. That's, that, that's completely different. Physical versus holistically are two different things. Because I could physically move my knee inside, outside, forwards, backwards. And it mechanically looks good doing that. But up here in the brain, that thought poison, man, if I, if I twist this knee in a little, if it gets a little bit too indented, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Bad things start to happen. I replay the mechanism of the injury. This is how I got injured last time, doing right. it in this position. And it snaps you back. It's almost like, you know, not to make light of it, but it's almost like that PTSD type of feeling where, you're like, oh, you know, you kind, of, you kind of get a little paralyzed. You get a little spooked out by yourself um, thinking about going in that position. Or if you feel some type of like soreness or achiness when you do it, you think that that's the injury re-manifesting re itself. And so you have this kind of, like you said, kernel of doubt that doesn't allow you to go that way, even though you know physiologically, I need to go that way. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do this and trust it. And if you're wearing a brace or not wearing a brace, you know, however you're doing compression sleeve, you know, you have to kind of fight past that because you got to do it. But that's the only issue is, can you push yourself beyond that level to say, I can do it. And, you know, you hope that Devin can get to that point and then we could truly see what Devin is fully back. But right now, yeah, it is a thing where even Butsy as a D coordinator, he's not sure. Cause like, he'll see it, you know, you'll see it once on film and we see it on film when we go back and watch it. Right. Where it's like, Oh yeah, that's that boom. That's vintage Devin Bush. There we go. There's five, five. The other one, you're like, where's five, five, you know, you, you have that right. question about whether he's there or not. So it, it is one that I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him that he can get over his own mental um, block that, you know, he might be creating and we could truly see, you know, what Devin Bush is really capable of post knee surgery. Well, that's the whole thing about it. You know, I mean, again, I think the, the best thing, one of the best things you pointed out was, look, it's a good year until you really start to understand if, you know, if he's all the way back or not, because it's always the year after. No matter what you do, I mean, yeah. okay, I I remember I blew up my ACL, but back then we didn't reconstruct much. We just cut him out. So even if, even though I blew it out in training camp, I still played eleven games that year. You know, what I mean, that's just the way it was. But even the next what ACL? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who needs who needs a stinking ACL? We don't need no stinking ACL. God felt good enough to give me a spare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Heinz Ward didn't have any ACLs. He was, I think, he was born without them oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He physically was born without them, and I'm like, you don't have any ACLs, Heinz? He's like, yep, nope. Can't tell you how an ACL tear feels because I never had them to tear. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that joke about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, you look at it with Devin. Now, the one thing is look at the pattern of, of evidence that we got here. You know, Butsy also talks about him being a little bit unsure maybe about, you know, the assignments. Well, you bring in 
first of all, Vince Williams retires unexpectedly. So you bring in another veteran. All right. You put him, I believe they, they gave the green dot to Joe. All right. So now yeah, Joe got the green dot. What you're doing is you're making sure that um, the calls, everything is going through Joe and you're unloading it from Devin, meaning, okay, just play fast. Well, that, then, of course, now you got Bob, Robert Spillane, you know, in the dime. When everyone was saying, well, Robert Spillane's coverage skills were, you know, Robert Spillane's a heck of a player. You know, I always thought, yeah. I like this kid. I really like this kid. And I just think, I'm starting to wonder, is it possibly a time when maybe Devin maybe needs to step back a little bit? I don't know. You know, I mean, here's the thing that's so difficult, and you know how it is. When you're in the room with the guys, when you're talking to the guys, when you are uh, around them all the time, you can make those judgments about who's capable of saying, let's let's take a step back, let's work on this, and then we'll move forward, you know, after. Because there's no doubt in my mind Devin Bush is too valuable to just simply say, all right, let's make a a move, okay? But at the same time, yeah. that the what can be contributed by a Robert Spillane is still in my mind it's 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 needed. Well, and the good thing is we have an option now at this point in the year. That's a viable option to do because it's not like Robert's just been sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. Like he has a role because they've identified he needs to be on the field at some point to play because he's too good not to play. Right. But now it's like okay, do we reward his his play? by doing this and then giving Devin another step back because maybe he's not as confident just to change things up. I don't know if that's a bad idea, you know, but I think also it takes knowing the player. How is he going to respond to this? Yes. That's the key. That's the key. How is he going to respond to this? If we do pull back some more from him, Um, is he going to go in the tank or is he going to get pissed off and, and, and then unlock that beast? Right. That's that. Cause it can go two ways. You've got I've to know your some. guy. That's part of being being yeah. able to you know understand that. So that's the part the that gets brain. me. I think that this is going to be a difficult decision. But there's something here that that possibly uh, the, the coach has got to address. So, but all right, we got to go to break, Max. Uh, we're going to come back with the the cool breeze himself, the great Jerry Dulac from the Post Gazette. Yes, he is. <laughs> we'll be back, Mr. After. Yacht Rock Radio. <laughs> <laughs> This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the locker room. Oh, yes, I forgot. Guess what I forgot? Me too. Me too. Uh, I'll take responsibility as well. It's half and half. (laughs) We forgot to mute. It's a a double, double mutation. All right, so we got mutified there. Well, but the guy that's not mutified would be the cool breeze himself, the great Jerry Dulac, and, of course, of the Post-Gazette and Game Day contributor, and we welcome Jerry into the locker room. Jerry, thank you for joining us. Even though this isn't your appointed day, I appreciate you just extending yourself to Max and I on a Friday, the day after your appointed day. Well, well, 
uh, good morning and a, a belated happy Thanksgiving to you and Max. I hope your boys had a good holiday. <laughs> and you know, whenever whenever I can oh, reschedule yeah. to be with you, I will. Well, thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate it. And just for your information, which I, I, I divulged in the first hour of the show, according to the National Plumbers Association, the day after Thanksgiving is the uh, busiest day of the year for plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the big flush? Is that what you mean? I give you your each and everyone has their own interpretation of it, but that we will, right. we'll go with that. Jerry, one of the things that's not to be misinterpreted interpreted anymore in uh, using fine uh, the Queen's English there would be Cam Hayward and the mysterious quote-unquote ghost punch that uh, supposedly occurred that uh, I guess some people got a little miffed about. But, again, that he hasn't heard from the league office. Have we got that right? Well, typically I don't think because of the holiday. I mean, typically I don't think they hear – from the league till Thursday. Uh, and so in this case, it might be Friday when mm. I don't want to say the league announces fines because they don't come out and say it, but they will confirm them. Um, so I don't know if that, if that uh, kind of policy has changed, but I would imagine just on a, just on the optics of it, that, that he would, uh, he would be uh, probably at some kind of fine, but I, who, who knows, who knows? Yeah, no. Obviously, it's uh, it's one of those. We'll we'll wait to see what the fallout is, because I I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have to know the caliber player. You know, it's different if you know this guy has a history of doing some stuff like this. But right, doesn't right, have of history. course. Yeah. So no, so all, yeah. All so he has, I, I all think he has a history. All he has a history of us of his uh, Max is uh, making unbelievable plays. You know, I did this. I did a, a little a segment on um, uh, KDKA that I do, uh, you know, every week, twice a week. And um, I said that considering that Ernie Stotner is in the Hall of Fame and Elsie Greenwood maybe should be in the Hall of Fame with 78 sacks and Casey Hampton went to five Pro Bowls and Dick LeBeau once called Aaron Smith the best 3-4 defensive end he's ever coached. Um, I said, I'm not so sure that Cam Hayward isn't the second greatest Steeler defensive lineman in history besides uh, after Joe Green. Um, what, what this guy does, not just, you know, 60, what's he have, 62 sacks after 11 and a half sacks after 11 years. But just look at this year, seven passes defense, most on the team, most mm. among the defensive linemen in the league, four and a half sacks. We saw what he did the other day with that bad pass, running 40 yards down the field. That's just indicative of his hustle and his commitment to, to run down uh, Justin Herbert. And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe Aaron Donald, and, and I wonder if even he is the case, uh, a defensive lineman around the league gets more attention from, from the offensive line than Cam Hayward. I mean, the guy is just an incredible player. And, um, you know, he's a great guy, too. He's a great leader. And he's just what he does on the field. And let's face it, he's trying to do it all by himself without Stephon Tuitt and Tyson Alualu. No, and, and that and that word attention by the offensive line is also synonymous with fear. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a fearful moment. You're like, oh, I got this guy again. Oh, man. Okay. Listen, um, I need some prayers. Uh, maybe a hand. Somebody give me a hand. That would be great. 
uh, <laughs> or your leg. I don't know. Uh, but but I think when you look at, you know, just kind of the defensive concert, like we've been talking about Isaiah Loudermilk as well and, and his importance right. to the rotation of said defensive line. Right. Um, right. How, how do you view his progression as you've watched him throughout this season from where he started, obviously not knowing that he was going to be as big a contributor, right? Because we were still hopeful to step onto it. Tyson Alawalo then goes down and then emerging as kind of one of those main swing rotational guys in the defensive front. Yeah. And that's, that's what was one of the problems uh, in LA on Sunday. You know, you're certainly not going to put Isaiah Loudermilk in a category of TJ Watt, uh, Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick, the other three who missed, but with him out as well, to your point, Max, yeah, I mean, look, they're already short those two guys, Tyson Alu and Tuit. They're short Carlos Davis, and now they've had to play Isaiah Loudermilk, and now he goes down, and so you're playing that, uh, Daniel Archibald, and, and that's what it's come to for them. And I think, I, I, you know, the fact that they continue to play Loudermilk more and more, I, I mean, somewhat out of necessity, but the fact that they don't yank him off the field shows that at least they're satisfied with uh, the progress this guy is making. Let's face it, he's played more than any of us ever thought he might this year because of the situation. But I, I, I think, Max, he's been, he's been more than serviceable. And you see him becoming impactful is a strong term, but you notice him more, uh, you know, each game we go. So, and, and that's only going to bode well for him in the future, certainly. And I think Chris Wormley has been more than serviceable, too. You know, last year was bothered by injuries, uh, you know, missed, I think, three games early in the season and just never really got into the flow of it, missed training camp with injuries. Um, and so this is his first year of playing and playing healthy. And, and I think you see him, you know, being more than capable. Again, not impactful. It's not Stephon to it. No one expects him to be. Right. Um, but he's been – you know, he's been okay. He's been, he's been solid. And, and the more they play, and, you know, it's funny because I talked to him about this. And the more you play, obviously, hey, you know how it is. The more you play, the more comfortable you get, the better you're going to get. If, Jerry, have we heard anything about Carlos Davis and what his progression is? Is he? No. Whoop, I, I haven't, to be perfectly honest. So I, I can't give you any kind of uh, definitive answer. But the fact that he was out and then practiced, and then went on IR was not a good sign, which means whatever was bothering him that kept him out for those previous three games or right. whatever it was, he aggravated. And when you aggravate it, that's usually not a good sign. So, um, I, I, you know, I have not – I don't want to say I haven't seen him back at practice because with the holiday I wasn't down there the past two days. Um, so, but I don't know what his status is, Wolf, in terms of when he might be back. Okay, just just. But I will find. I will find out just for you. Oh, you are just awesome. That's why I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the besides the fact you get, always gave me suntan lotion. <laughs> Right, Max, right. if you wonder why uh, I was always getting burnt, you know, it was suntan lotion, but Jerry, he alleviated that problem for me. But um, just going nice. back to, to uh, Cam, you know, the one thing about it is Cam is not a dirty player. Cam is an above board, you know. No. If he's going to hit you, he's going to hit you right, right, in the, right in the mush. You know what I mean? It's, if, you, if he was going to punch you, you're going to know you got punched. Okay, I mean that's right, just right, right. That, that's the way it is. I you know I look at that and I think there, there's no way you can find him for 
what went on there because there was you could tell by his body language there's no malicious intention I mean if he could have filleted Justin Herbert if he was desiring to do so at that point and I just I find it uh, ridiculous that people when you've got an Andre Andre Roberts behind him pushing him and trying to lift him up to get him off Justin Herbert he's exhausted he ran Listen to this. A next gen had him at forty nine point six yards. He ran down the field. Was, yeah, the second longest run and tackle by a defensive lineman in the NFL this year. I'm laughing because I'm going, yeah, I'd be sucking wind too if I had to run fifty <laughs> yards down the field to catch Justin Herbert. He, I think he was just exhausted and was trying to get up, and he he was just trying to get his wind back. Wolf, uh, you know, let's face it, it wasn't Joe Green uh, uh, punching Paul Howard from Denver. Right. In, in the yes. Excellent. The solar plexus. And it actually, lo- it actually looked like one of those WWE punches. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You pull it. Yeah. It kind of looked like they're doing it. They're just they're stopping and touching, you know. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of overreaction. Look, we know what Cam's like. And, and um, you know, come on. It's uh, I, I just thought it was, it was a bit much. Yes. Yeah, and, and Jerry, you know, obviously we get great news, right? You get Minka off the list, and Ray Ray's still on that list. Um, you know, Tomlin feeling confident about Joe Hayden being back to his participation level. Um, anything else that we're missing as far as injury or injury return, um, you know, from the Steelers, anything that was indicative? I forgot who said somebody was out with a with an illness that was new on the report, but I can't remember who that was. Uh, anything else of note? No, I, I think that I think part of the key is going to be obviously is is uh, T.J. Watt's uh, health. You know, after injuring his knee, you know, I was told last week he was week to week, and and I, uh, I'm expecting him to play. Um, and you know we'll see we'll see how good he is. But hey, look, it's T.J. Watt. You know, he's, whenever he's on the field, you don't notice if he's hurt or not. Um, but beyond that, I, I just think I think the big key here, Max, is not only uh, when Stefan Tuitt's going to come back. I think it's more appropriate to ask if he's coming back, and even if he would, just how effective could the guy be? I mean, and it's surprising to me. The fact that he's not even around practice. I saw him a couple days, a couple weeks ago. But the fact that he's not even there just tells me, and I know physically with his knee issue that he had uh, surgically repaired, um, that he's, he's capable physically of returning. But the fact that he isn't just tells me they're pretty much going on the assumption that he is not going to be back this mm. year um, because – why else would he not be there right now? And, and that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate circumstances. I can't sit here and tell you I know exactly what's going on, both in the Steelers' mind and his mind. Um, but I think the issues are beyond – well, they were earlier. We know what a big part of it is, everything that happened with his brother. But I think at this point in time, they're not sitting there wondering if Stephon Tewitt is going to be back. Certainly everybody hopes he would be. Um, uh, but it just looks, even with seven games left in the year, uh, at this point, just uh, from everything you see and know, I, 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 I think it's a safer bet to assume 
he's not going to be back to be back as opposed to when he might come back. Mm. That w- that's boy, that's a huge one. We've been talking about that all year, and of course, uh, with no question, the loss no of question. Tyson Alu too. Those guys, they're just such a huge part of the defense. Now, moving over, taking a look at the offense, one of the things that uh, got me wondering was what they were going to plan on doing with uh, with Joe Haig, uh, whether or not you're going to see we see B.J. Finney because J.C. Hassenauer with the Peck is not practicing. And, and B.J. was just – B.J. is just a good, steady guard. You know, I thought uh, – I was hoping last week that he might get, uh, get the opportunity to be able to go in and, and play – but they went with Joe Haig after Kevin Dotson got hurt. Um, to me, it's like, um, I don't know. I, I hope they give B.J. the opportunity. Yeah, Wolf, and I think it's indicative maybe of what they're feeling is uh, what they feel about B.J. Finney right now because uh, I'm, I'm with you. The old B.J. Finney would have been the first guy in there. Um, you know, and the fact that they didn't, that speaks, that they put Joe Haig in there doesn't speak to me about what they think about Joe Haig. It speaks to me what they think about B.J. Finney. Because let's face it. Joe well, Hague is it the back? Has, I mean. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know, Wolf. I mean, that, yeah, I, I don't know that answer. But, um, you know, I, I, Wolf, I think, you know, we would find out uh, uh, more this week. But I just think that um, whatever the case may be, I think that would be a better option for him, obviously, as you do. Right. Because we have seen in the past. But. You know, he had he had physical issues last year with his weight. That's you know when when he's Seattle got rid of him after signing him to a whole lot of I mean a whole lot of money for him in free agency. They sent him to the Bengals. He never I think he played one snap or one series for the Bengals. Um, so you know whatever his physical issues are, whether it was last year it was allegedly because of COVID, overweight, being overweight and never getting back in shape. Um, whatever it, whatever it is, Wolf. Since he left the first time, uh, he has not been the same player. And, you know, uh, look, the Steelers only signed a one-year deal for $900,000. When I say only 900000 you know what I mean, relative to the NFL. That's it <laughs> Would, to me. Wouldn't he we won. only love to have one, only 900000 Jerry? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. They, they, weren't bringing him to, they weren't bringing him in to be a starter. They didn't have those kinds of hopes for him. You don't pay, you don't pay that kind of money. For a starter, you pay that kind of money for for a fill-in backup, and um, uh, so I, you know. Again, I just don't know. I don't know that they uh, that he is. I, I just don't think he's the same player he was uh, when he left here two years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's definitely uh, looked at a lot differently. I mean, are are we concerned at all with the back with BJ Finney? I know that was also something that was going to be a, uh, you know, a concern the last couple of weeks, and maybe they just don't feel comfortable yet with that. But, um, you know, has anybody said anything about Zach Banner as well? Um, Any progress or anything from that, from that perspective? Well, you know, Max, um, I I think, I think their, whether reluctance or uh, inability to put him in the lineup, um, I think, again, I think it speaks to what they feel, not just about the guys they have in there, but in Zach's ability to perform certain functions, um, you know, with his knee. Uh, And I say that because when you watch him in practice, in individual drills, 
And I know he's a big man. He's not exactly the most nimble guy. <laughs> um, but it looks like he struggles. It looks like he struggles mm. going to his left. And I think mm. that while he is well enough to play, um, I don't know that, you know, for a guy who, <laughs> let's face it, how long it's been now since he has played, that it's someone they just want to throw uh, in the lineup. And, yeah. and so I think they are content going the way they are. And I don't expect a change there either unless there's an injury um, or unless everything just falls apart. And I don't think that's the case with either tackle. Do they struggle at times? Yeah. Uh, Dan Moore's had a couple issues, but you can tell. They like Dan Moore, and I'm sure you guys do too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I don't see that change coming. And to be perfectly honest, I don't see a need for it um, because it's a guy who – whose body of work in the NFL is three-quarters as a starter. And that's it in terms of being a guy you're going to throw in there and rely on, especially coming off an ACL. I just I just don't see that happening, and I think that's part of the reason why it hasn't. Well, part of it also is that, you know, it's, again, you're down to limited time left, um, how that knee responds. I think just, again, giving him the opportunity to be on that goal line or uh, the, uh, you know, power tight end, as they did right, last week. Right. That was important because I think you get your feet wet, you get back out there, then you start yep. to see what you're capable of doing. If he's having movement problems, as you, you seem to feel uh, what, that you've seen in practice, that's one thing. But if it's about kind of just getting yourself settled in, I still think Zach has that ability to challenge to be able to play you know, playing time. But again, how you make that move and when you make that move, if you would make that move, is all something that uh, you know only the coaches know. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. one of those things that you gotta, you, you've got to understand your player. You know what I mean? Sure, and I agree with you, Wolf. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good for him and good for them. Yeah, get him no doubt. Back on the field, in in uh, you know in that tackle eligible role, uh, probably more important for him than for them. And I agree with you. And I think, um, you know, if you're going to have him on the roster and it's a guy that you had enough faith in before as a starter, then you should have enough. You know, if he's going to be on the 53 and you feel he's healthy enough, then get him in the game and, and see what he can do. Hey, look, a lot of guys this time of year and in another month are all going to be playing banged up yeah. and, and going to be hurt and going to be limping or ailing or, you know, fighting through it, as you guys well know. So, I mean, you know, in terms of his body, he should be pretty fresh <laughs> and <even laughs> his legs because he hasn't, he hasn't played a whole lot. All I can say, Jerry, is 30 years after the fact, I'm still limping. <laughs> 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 Still tired. No, thank you so much for joining us, Jerry. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Jerry. All right, boys, and I'll see you at the ball yard on Sunday. Sounds good. Thank you. Sounds good. The cool breeze, Jerry Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette. We thank him for coming on. All right, we'll go to break and be back to wrap it up after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. Well, you know what, Max? No show on after Thanksgiving would complete without CR and Juan checking in, so why don't we go there and we'll bring them on in the locker room. Let's go to CR. How you doing? How's Juan? What's going on, guys? CR, feeling in Chicago, and? Well, in the Carolina Connection, how y'all guys doing? 
We're fabulous. Max, how are you? I am doing just absolutely spectacular. <laughs> he's hey, he's just, been eating this whole show. He's been eating. Hey, I'm kidding you not. The entire show is just Wolf projecting his own anxiety about <laughs> lack of leftovers in the studio with him. That's all that is. <laughs> hey, just the day, we got uh, eight calls this week, and so far 205 calls uh, this season. Uh, what you got, Juan? Hey guys, just want to say uh, we're happy. I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday today. So let's talk about this upcoming game. I think this. I know everybody might not like it, but I think this is a must-win for us to stay in the division because we can't go down 0-2 to those guys. And also, what you guys got to think about on Sunday night? We got the Ratbirds and the Browns. What you think about that game? Hope we can. Hopefully, we can get a tie in that. What you think? Well, my biggest thing is number one. This is. I think this is almost like a playoff game here. I mean, we're starting to run. This is a, this is a must win. You cannot go down by two in this, and uh, you're right about that. And as for the Sunday night game, frankly, I don't care because all you can concentrate is on what the Steelers are doing. You know, as a player, that's your whole focal point. You have no control over anything else other than your own effort and abilities. So, you know what, we'll see what, what happens in the aftermath. But right now, the focus is entirely on the Bungles and the Steelers. Yeah, and when you look at this, I mean, it is so important um, to, to take this game from Cincy because, you know, when you look at the opportunities, we, we are we are backloaded with games. I mean, we've only gone through two divisional games up to this point in the season. So what does that mean? That means there's four in these last seven that are really going to be very big and pivotal for the team. And so you have to take every single one of these. You're one and one right now. Um, you've got to, you've got to split with Cincy. Um, you, you got to try and sweep the Browns when you get the opportunity. And then, you know, the hope is split with Baltimore. Um, that, that's what you have to do because you're going to face Baltimore December and then January It's coming up and you've got to have them. I mean, they've got, they've got to be no worse than four and two when it's all said and done in the division to have a real shot that also lets you know kind of what this team is made of if you can get to that type of record division-wise. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. If you take care of your business, and like I said, you, you sweep the Browns, you split with Cincy, and let's say split with Baltimore, then I think we're in a really good position because that means you took you know, three of your four divisional games in the home stretch. Wow. Hey, uh, Max, I just want to uh, – uh, good morning, Wolf. Appreciate you, brother. Um, I know you kind of like laid back because you had all the leftovers. But anyway, uh, I'm just going to uh, say a sad note here uh, to uh, our friend in Mexico, um, beautiful Mexico. That's poor Max. Uh, he's in that beautiful place, and he's got little or no NFL reception. We feel so bad for you, Max. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. You know, CR, I, 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 I appreciate uh, your sympathy in that moment and uh, – also, they don't celebrate the holiday of Thanksgiving, so I had zero gravy as well. If you want to just go ahead and add oh, on to man. that, that would be that be great. I know no gravy either, no gravy, no football. What is Thanksgiving? Uh, it's it's not the same. So, 
I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'll have a GoFundMe page set up later. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I will say this. That that was lacking sincerity, CR, in your your sorrow no. extended towards Max. Yes, no. a little sarcasm, I, mean, I think, sarcasm. was included. Hey, hey man. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, did did you get that ride on on the beach yesterday? You were talking about the other day, and the the vehicle conked out on you. So, did you get that squared away yet? Yeah, I did. I actually, I, I went and got an even bigger one. I got a boat, and uh, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome day uh, to be out on 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 the boat and get to see kind of the coastline. It's crazy because like the mountains like just jut up from the ocean. Um, wow. So it was it was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, but no, thank you for asking about that. I did get that situated, and we just upgraded. <laughs> okay, hey, uh, r- real quick on the on the football. Uh, one thing I got to add to that is I got some statistics I usually take care of, and it's a team ranking, of offense versus defense, uh, and the advantage right now is uh, Bengals seven to one. Uh, the only category that the Steelers lead in is uh, uh, passing yards per game. Uh, the Bengals are at twenty fifth with two fifty four point nine, and compared to the Steelers at fourteenth with two thirty seven point three. But other than that, out of the eight categories, offense and defense. Uh, the Bengals lead, but uh, I, I believe that we just got that desire. We're going to have some some defensive players back on the on the field again, and uh, knowing where we're at, and then thinking back to '05, uh, you know, we could put a run together like you were saying, uh, and, and beat some of these teams in the division, or just clean up the rest of the division. If we can win our division game on out, uh, and at least an AFC game, uh, I think that'll put us in good shape. Comment. Yeah. You know what? Statistics are for people that uh, can count. I can't, so I don't worry about them. Here's the point. You've got this game in front of you. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, they already took one from us uh, this year. So I, I look at this and I go, all right, you've 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 got a pretty good track record in Paul Brown Stadium. Max, you even alluded to that. You've been a, a part of a number of winning teams in Paul Brown Stadium. This is a big game. This is going to be, uh, you know, playoff caliber intensity uh, in essence, because of the fact that you could really put yourself in the in the jackpot in the AFC North if you go down to the Bengals. Well, you could do that, and then you could also, I mean, what this does, you have to create a streak. And right now, the start, streak that yes. you have is one loss. But you need to start putting, you need to start building back in the W column. So this is a first building block on creating that streak because. You know, Tomlin believes this, and he and he and he breathes this ethos into his teams year in and year out. You've got to be descending. I mean, you've got to be ascending in December. You can't be descending in December. So it's imperative you get this game so that you can start your December off right in the W column and with that W one next to current streak, and that's going to be key because you you've got to use that to carry you through December and now. January is, is two games. <laughs> it's so crazy to think about that, but uh, you you got to carry that streak so that you can you can finish out the last haul um, after that on a, on a positive note. But it all starts Sunday. We got to get yeah. we got to get going, boys. All right, guys. Here we go. In the meantime, and in between time, here we go. Still is here we go. Thank you, fellas. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week sometime. All right, Max. What's your prediction? What do you think? I think we whip the Bengals. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling, I I feel good about my gullet. I 
Yeah, no, I I feel like a 24-27 maybe to 17-20. I think right there in that right. range. Is, it's it's going to be below 30, I feel. I don't think we're going to have the output that we did against the Chargers, but I feel like we're going to be right there solidly in the mid-20s for a victory. Well, it's always it's always a part of, you know, how you feel in the gullet, you know, being that you had the breakfast burritos. Now I'm not being – you know, uh, skewered by any breakfast burritos in my gullet. So my gullet's feeling good, and I, I, I'm feeling like a win. Yeah. Hey, hey listen, <laughs> that, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Like you said, statistics are for those who can count. You don't, so you just give me the W and the L, and I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Max, thank you for yeoman's duty coming live from Mexico. Appreciate you hanging in there, and as always, uh, God bless, travel safe, and uh, we'll see you this weekend, my friend. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Wolf. And I will see you in not-so-sunny not Cincinnati. And, you know, I had my own little ninjas working here to make sure my, my Wi-Fi and everything stayed up so that we didn't have any drops or losses. So shout-out to my little, my, my little ninja crew that, that, that helped me with the, uh, <laughs> with the technical aspects of the game. I, 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 didn't have, I didn't have Jacob here. I didn't get a full-time, full-fledged ninja, but I had so many ninjas helping out. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate the little ninjas and the big ninjas. And from all the ninjas and from Max and I, have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you this Sunday for the, for the Cincinnati Steelers game. See you, everybody.